You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So we're really, really close. We're really, really close to the end of the day. And we perform most of the sacrifices. We've sent the goat to the wilderness. We've put the incense in the Holy of Holies. And we've read from the Torah. So that's where we're at so far. And now we're going to finish off. Kidesh Yadav Veraglav. We're in the fourth Mishnah of the second chapter. Of the seventh. The fourth Mishnah of the seventh chapter. Kidesh Yadav Veraglav. Ufashat Veyarad Vetaval Vealav Venistapeg. He's going to change clothes again. So, in, And in order to change clothes, we need to wash hands and feet. So he sanctifies his hands and feet and he takes off his clothes. He goes down and he go, he immerses himself in the mikvah once again. And then he comes up and dries himself. He's wearing golden clothes now because he's just dealt with the sacrifices of Yom Kippur. So he's wearing his gold clothes. He's going to take those off and he's going to put on the white clothes again. These are the afternoon white clothes. Remember, he had two sets of white clothes, really expensive white linen, one for the morning and one for the afternoon. So now we're going to put on the afternoon white clothes. They brought him the white clothes. He puts them on and he washes his hands and feet. And now he's going to go back into the Holy of Holies. He's going to go back in the Holy of Holies. He goes back in again to bring out the label and the fire pan. He's left. He poured the incense on the fire when he went in the first time, but he left it there. He leaves the incense burning on the coal because it's going to make smoke right until the incense is finished. And then while it's smoking away while he's doing the rest of the service, and now he's going to put on his white clothes again. And he's going to go back in the Holy of Holies and he's going to take out the fire pan because the incense has now stopped smoking. And then that's the end of his contact with the Holy of Holies for that day. So he now needs to change back into gold. Kidesh. So again, he's going to sanctify his hands and feet. And he's going to take off his clothes and he's going to go down and immerse himself again. Yeah, there's multiple immersions for the Kohen Gadol on this occasion, on this day. We hope he sort of somehow managed to stay warm. Well, that's why early on in the Mishnah, the Mishnah talks about warming up the water for him. Because this is an old guy, perhaps, and he's coming in and out of the water many, many times during the day. He comes up and he dries himself. Have you little big days a hub? So now we're going to go back to the golden clothes. He dresses himself. He again, he washes his hands and feet. Because now he's going to burn the evening incense and um, he's going to basically trim the lights. To fix up the lamp. Lights. And then he washes hands and feet again and he takes off his clothes. So at this point, 
he's now finished the whole of the Yom Kippur service. He's taken the fire pan and incense out of the holy and holy out of the holy of holies. The evening incense and the fixing up of the lamps. Well, that's just the normal daily service. But remember, we said that on Yom Kippur, the Kohen Gadol carries out all of the normal daily service. He does everything himself. And now he's done. So he can get back into his regular clothes. So they get, he gets, they bring him his own clothes again. And he gets dressed. And then they accompany him back to his house. He's now off duty. He's finished his work for the day. And he'd make a great festival for all of his friends, all of the people he loved. At the time that he came out of the holy place in peace. And at this point, when we get to this point in the recital of the Avodah, the recital of the temple service on Yom Kippur, we sing the, the song about Mare Kohen, the face of the Kohen beamed. He was enormously happy when he came out of the, when he, if you like, when he came out of the, the temple, having completed the whole of the surface, the whole of the service uh, and emerged unscathed. And then the Mishnah is going to conclude, actually, with a, a, a coda as to his clothes and the Urim and the Tumim. As though we're, well, 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 let's read it and then discuss what it means. Kohen Gadol Meshamesh Bishmonachelin. The Kohen Gadol has eight pieces of clothing. Vehahedyot Ba'arba'a. And an ordinary priest only has four. Bekutonet Umichnasaim Umitznefet Veavnet. A tunic, a breeches, a headdress, and a sash. Those are the four that the ordinary priest has. And the Kohen Gadol has got an extra, an extra four. And these are all described in, um, in Shemot in chapter 28. It's the, um, parashat of, um, um, it's the parsha. It's Tutsaveh. Exactly. It's parsha Tutsaveh. Mosifalav Kohen Gadol, Choshen Ve'efod, Umail Vatsitz. So he adds the um the the breastplate, the ephod, the this is a kind of a, a sort of a a cloth around his chest, umail his robe, vatsitz. The tzitz was a sort of a golden thing he wore on his he wore on his forehead. But Elu, and now we're talking about in these clothes, but we're really talking about inside the Hoshem, because inside the breastplate. Um, sorry, we, we might be talking about inside these clothes, but I think we may we might also be talking about wearing these clothes. I think the Mishnah is saying where is saying wearing these clothes. But Elu, Nishalin Urim Vetumim. In I think he's the Mishnah is saying wearing these clothes. The Urim and the Tumim are asked about. So the Urim and the Tumim are somehow sitting inside the breastplate. We're not quite sure what they are. They're something inside the breastplate. The Ein Nishalim Eila, the Melech, Din, Ulamishi Hatsibur Sarichbo. And they were not inquired of except 
by the king and by the head of the court or by one whom the community needs. And it's as if we're connecting up the specialness of Yom Kippur. The whole of the community needs this particular service for the Kohen Gadol to carry out in the Holy of Holies. We're connecting this particular service to the particular request to read the Urim and the Tumim, which can only be carried out by the Kohen Gadol wearing his clothes. And only when it's required by the king or by the the court or when the community needs it. So there's a community need on Yom Kippur and there's a community need sometimes to inquire of the Urim and the Tumim. We read about this back in Tzavevin Tumim. The Urim and the Tumim are, are somehow put inside the Choshen. And they're on Aaron's heart when he comes. And then Aaron can kind of decide. And the process is actually described in Sefer um, The person who asks shall stand before Elazar Kohen. He'll ask for him the decision of the Urim. By his mouth they shall go out, and by his mouth they shall go in. It's very interesting that the Gemara explains this process in a bit more detail, the Gemara in Yoma. And it, I, I was struck by the fact that the Gemara here refers back to Chana. Chana is the, Chana's prayer is the archetype of the prayer, of the tefillah of the Shimonis Ray. And that's very well known. But what is less well known is that Hannah's prayer is also the archetype of the request for advice from the Urim and the Tumim. And the sage is taught, Tanu Rabbanan, the sage is taught, how does one ask? Well, the person asking stands with his face towards the one who is asked, i.e. the uh, Kohen, the one who is asked is the Kohen Gadol. So the Kohen Gadol is standing with his face towards the divine presence. And the person who's asking is behind him. Yeah, the one asking stands with his face towards the one who's asked. Vehanishal panav The one who is asked turns his face towards the Shechina. And the one who's asking asks whatever he wants to ask. You know, shall I pursue after this troop? And the one who is asked says says whatever God responds. And um, Rabbi Yudas says he doesn't even say, look, Amar Hashem, but he can just give the answer. And then the Gemara goes to say, Ein shu'alim b'kol. We don't ask out loud because it just says v'sha'allah. He asks him. But we don't just think in our, we don't just think either. We need to articulate something. He doesn't just think in his in his heart, but he has to he has to say something. And we're going to go back to our pasuk from from He has to ask something. So we're not going to ask in a loud voice, but we're going to ask in some kind of soft voice. And the Gemara explains. Rather, in the way that Hannah spoke in her prayer, 
That's how we ask in front of the Urim and the Tumim. And then we're going to have a quote from Shmuel Vechana Himadaberet Aliba. And Chana is speaking on her heart. She's clearly speaking from the heart. And the text there makes clear that her words aren't audible, but she is speaking. Yeah, that's the context of Chana's prayer. That's how we derive the our own prayer of Shmonesre. But and that seems to be the context in which the seventh chapter of Yomer is going to close. We're gonna where the Mishnah is going to explain how we inquire from the Urim and the Tumim as a sort of coda to how we perform the divine set service on Yom Kippur and just as at the beginning of the chapter, we introduced the idea of the Beit Knesset. We introduced the shul, right? The Kohen Gadol reads from a Sefer Torah, which is carried to him from the synagogue. We saw the inscription about the Archi Synagogos, the head of the synagogue, who hands him the Sefer Torah. We're going to close with a reference, if you like, to the to the tefillah. And then with this reference, we finish the seventh chapter of Yoma. We finish the description of the divine service. And the eighth chapter of Yoma, which we begin tomorrow, then describes Yom Kippur as we know it today, without the Beit Midash, without the temple. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.